provisions. Oh no, that's awesome. I got this. Um, you ever go to Inova Thrift? No. It's in Fairfax. It's close oh. to Good us. Um, yeah. I need to find more thrifts. Yeah, I haven't been to. We literally got this like for a, a, an event. Oh hell yeah, yeah. Oh, really? That's dope. Yeah, it says Hail Thoth, and it's like super. That's cool. That's <laughs> yeah, dope. Like, Hail Thoth. What oh, the that's hell? cool. Yeah. Yeah, I try to look out for bug heads wherever I go. Like this shows. Huh. All right. Um I just sent you a video of this gorilla grazer. Gorilla grazer. Yes. Sheep in a cart that they pull and he just wanders around surviving off the land. Oh and he Todd! Hey! Wait! I can't just stay here and wait for you to figure out what you want. I just I like need a little more time. Um She's just feeling like uh, restless right now, so she's starting to mess with stuff. Um, yeah, so I've walked <laughs> JC here uh, uh, by herself all the way up to Washington. It was surprisingly hard. That was like the first journey that I ever did, like outside of the valley with my dairy sheep, walking wise. Like we've hitched rides down to Mount Shasta and stuff like that. But I'm waiting to take this wagon out as soon as it starts to cool down because it's actually easier for me to travel. Good boy, Wooly. When I was living out of the pack boxes, I was living under an umbrella. Oh, a, a number of different uh, shelters that, that I made before that, like little wearable teepees oh. and, and little miniature teepees. Walking the sheepies from that paddock over there with my teepee that we're work trading for. It's raining, so I go for my poncho. I invented this new type of poncho. It's eight foot by eight foot, so it's square. Therefore, really? it only needs to be tied up to one tree. I'm warm, waiting for them to get full. Form my little freestanding wool TV that I can do this with. What's snowing out? Outside of our little freestanding sheepy. Keep us warm while we're waiting for your your parents to graze. There they are. This is freestanding clothing that acts as a tent that used to be defined as camping paraphernalia. So I sleep across the back, and they have the front front half. This is a really gray area that really would empower homeless people to be warm, dry, and safe wherever, you know, is public. You're so awesome. What I'm doing here, you guys have heard of gorilla gardening, right? Gorilla gardening is utilizing vacant lots, unused lots to garden and make use of. Vacant lot. I've taken my sheep through here for more than five years now. No farms have access to this good graze in February. What I'm doing is I, I'm calling gorilla grazing. Scale of one to ten, this is a ten for sure. Freaking awesome. No. This your guys' land too? Is it all right? We we walk through. Thank you. So I walk on the curb and let my sheep graze this side strip. So your half of this is all right with you? 
<laughs> yeah, sure. All right, well, when we walk through, all right, you're awesome. Have a good day. Uh, I'll take a, yeah. I grill a garden for 10 years. <laughs> this is 10 times at least more efficient than gorilla gardening because I'm harvesting multiple times a day. I'm converting what's already here into milk. I'm milking in the middle of the Dollar General uh, store before they open. It's assured. Whereas, like when you grill a garden, they could sell the property, they could mow it down, they could a deer could eat it. This is assured. Multiple times a day, harvest. Every morning, I shake the night before's milk into butter. This is the butter I got. Big hard block of butter from just two days of milking them. In. What is it? I said I, because he said that there are homeless people who like stream and make money off of like the things that they do. I thought he meant someone goes out and records homeless people doing weird things. You ever seen um, homeless fights? <laughs> this dude, this dude, literally. Yeah, like, uh, I, yeah, I have. <laughs> dude, yeah, literally, like, so pay these homeless guys to fight each other. Like, oh my God. And like, good money. Like, it was like 3K. It's like that, yeah. But like, the, he would people to fight. He would, he would, no, yeah. it is very disgusting. But I do like, I do like the whole new like TikTokers trying to fight real boxers and getting beat up because they think they're stronger than they are. That's like who was it then? Uh, the last guy that got beat Logan up, Logan Paul. Yeah, but he didn't get beat up. He, he went with Mayweather. And then his brother was like saying he was gonna do hey, something. Hey, anytime you wanna work in here. Oh, yeah. And you know where the key is. So yeah, yeah. Same place. All right, cool. I looked at it. Um, now that it's more or less back to normal. Um, I have a couple of questions. Oh, I wanted to get um, if just the offer was still on the table of the blog. Tell me again. For okay. provisions? Provisions. Yeah, sure. But just we're. Would it be like a blog, like a WordPress blog, or would it be like a Twitter blog, or would it be? A... I think it would be like more Instagram blog. No, or... no, no. It would be like a long form, okay. like just I would cover exhibitions. So we could just create a page. Yeah. So I, and it would be maybe something like something wrong with the original website. Or something. Okay. We have to get a ladder from um, sculpture. Should we start? Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to knock it out. Right. Knock what I can out. But I think my back is Jeff hurting. is a good person to talk to if you're trying to set up a blog for. If it's yeah. going to be linked through recent exhibitions, he's like the main website person. So he'd okay. be a good person just to get feedback from, in addition to Don, obviously. I just don't I don't sure. know anything about it, so I can't help you there. Oh, no problem. <laughs> yeah. I mean, provisions is on the address. Isn't it Squarespace? Or is it in Mason Exhibitions is Squarespace? Provisions too. When I when I use your thing to go on Squarespace, there's a Mason Exhibitions and a Provisions library. That's like a future. Oh really? Yeah. Okay. You also have a Facebook. There's a Facebook. Facebook is where we had a blog uh -huh. like ten years ago for like three years. We're gonna start getting stuff together. A couple times a week. Okay. And even before that, we had a newsletter, which basically gathered interesting links. Sure. But nobody likes that kind of thing anymore. You no. know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> but like, could I post through to the Facebook group? Like, I yes. just cover an exhibition. Facebook admin. Yes. But, but, that would... 
I need to know, you know, yeah. I, I take responsibility for what it is. The pre-proof, yeah. It would just be like an exhibition review. Very straightforward. Okay. Write up type of thing. Okay. And maybe like, <clears throat> I'd like to do like a video also. Like short video, like one minute video covering a bunch of artists. Because yeah. I'm, I'm part of this uh, digital Biennale. Called the wrong Biennale. Have you heard this? Yeah. So I'm curating. Um, so I'd love to be able to be like, okay, this is an exhibition that's happening. Right. Punch it through. Okay. Um, so we don't have to worry about the details. I'll just we're gonna get your. I'll talk to Jeff about it. So. Yeah. I mean, we actually need to think. think through our whole kind of web presence. Sure, yeah. Um, like provisions needs to become under Mason exhibitions or a component of it. Okay. So that, my dude, what's up, how are you? Hey. Hey, how you been? Good, how are you? Good, good to see you. You too. What's new? Oh man, we, it's all new. I know. Everything is good. It looks a lot different here. You can yeah, actually get in. <laughs> we, and this is going to be moved over to special collections soon. Okay. That's 40 boxes of the Gareth Brannan Mail Art Zine Archive. Wow. Which is um, such a valuable thing. So much good stuff. And we've got a bunch of. We did I saw it out there. And stuff because people have just been dumping books on me. Like, uh, all, all these things that are piles are all in. Hey. Hello. Yo, yeah, what's up? Can you hear me? Yeah. Okay. Um, some speaker. What's good? Uh, not too much. Chilling out. Oh, nice. Okay. Um, How about you? Just at the studio, thunking okay. away. Um, chopping away at stuff. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, went out last night and gave a painting to this guy. He's got a gallery. It went pretty well. It's like, kind of crazy scene compared to what I'm used to. Oh yeah, yeah. You know the whole art gallery scene. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> nice. It was fun though. Yeah, we had fun. You know, he and I talked and got to know each other a little bit better. And sick. Uh, you know, just just got some uh, FaceTime with the. For the guys who own the gallery, he actually linked me up with a couple of really nice um, music video producers. Oh, cool. That's great. Congrats. Yeah. I thought maybe, you know, it's about time to sort of jump over to that part of the process and invest a little time and money into that. You know, and of course, there's always a lot of planning that goes into these things. So I feel like the more detailed direction I get, then the better results yeah. I'll get. Because 
he's kind of like, yo, like, yeah, it's just a flat rate. And I was like, okay, well, what about storyboarding? What about, you know, creative direction? What about yeah, settings? What about actors? What about, you know what I mean? Like, what, what do you think about this and that? You know, so I was, I just basically boiled down to like, all right, let's do something really simple first. Just like a straight ahead one, just to get the ball rolling. Yeah. To work on a more complex, like, you know, just like shot of me fucking sitting on the hood of my car shot of like a drone taking off above me like shot of like the fucking wind and the birds you know what i mean like just like standard typical whatever shots but the, both of these guys have really cool editing styles the one guy mm-hmm. remember that video i showed you with like the multiplicity things and then there was like the one gardener yeah that like same sort of vibe but he's doing for like music videos with all sorts of crazy like boomerang edits and stuff in the background but like the foreground kind of stays the same and shit oh nice some pretty cool editing techniques anyways that i hadn't seen too many of so kind of a a nice nice uh nice look professional polished look you know yeah so, yeah, and um, met a couple other people that were really nice. Uh, saw my friend Chewy and her friend, and then I saw like a couple other people. One guy really liked my stuff. He may he may eventually buy a piece from me or something, depending. Okay. So, but he's actually like a neighbor of mine. So that was kind of cool to meet somebody who's like from out here. Okay. Yeah. So, what was it that you wanted to talk to me about <laughs> this week? Oh, telepathy. Telepathy? Yeah. I knew, I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> No, dude, telepathy. I think. Um, what was I gonna say? Yeah, telepathy. I think there's something to it, dude. Um, I'm like revising all my logos and stuff. Um, telepathy. Uh, telepathy. Okay, I wanted to put forth a theory of telepathy, a strand of telepathy. Because they're, they're, you know, it's like, what do you think about this? That like telepathy is like, it's like the radio spectrum. Like it's, there's a spectrum of kind of frequencies. Does that jive with existing theories? I'm not really an expert in existing theories on telepathy. I'm pretty sure they wouldn't, people wouldn't, like, I'm sure they would be like, yeah, there's multiple types of telepathy, right? Well, let's let's just, like, go at it from, like, a specific lens, all right? Let's talk about aura. <laughs> like, here's one thing I do know a little bit about with telepathy. It's, like, aura reading. Like, you can read somebody's aura. Right. And that's directly related to what you're talking about. This energy 
wave or or a frequency or a vibration that somebody's putting off that's in what what normally would be considered a range of light that's not available to the naked eye okay but using either gazing methods or certain types of photography mm -hmm. they surmise the colors of your aura which change you know the your aura changes color based on your energetic shifts and moods the types of foods and lifestyle that you have like if you have certain energetic blocks or things like your aura will turn darker in certain areas or if you have like an over energetic chakra which is like the opposite of a locked chakra then that also okay. will show right. energy is different from telepathy well i want to i want to just maybe point out this just like we can talk about it through this one perspective from maybe gain a better understanding of how it might work on a larger scale or on a macro scale so from what i'm from what i'm getting at is um i think telepathy is essentially um what people have labeled one who has advanced intuition okay so i think that some people have a great sensitivity to energy shifts and they can perceive it some people perceive it but they don't know it some people perceive it and they do know it some people perceive it and they know it and other people acknowledge that as well and i think that's really where you're going from you know this grander sense of surrounding and and you know perception of surrounding and just general ability to observe then like transmuting that to like one's ability to observe and or like know what's coming and other people being like oh yeah like that person you know they they have a tendency to know what's next right so i think that there are examples of that um and i think that you know perhaps through the lens of like aura gazing you can say like you know some people have the ability to see auras some people think they see auras <laughs> you know some people um don't and don't believe in that right so again it's like an energy channel right that you can either turn on or turn off but it's still there like you know what i mean even if nobody saw an aura the idea that we have this energetic bubble around us that we're generating because we're electromagnet we're electromagnetic in nature you know we're carbon-based life forms that function off of electromagnetism just like other things like if electromagnetism didn't exist the cellular bonds that hold our bodies together wouldn't exist you know and so all of this is vibes all of this is frequencies that we put off um within within a what you might say a low or subtle energetic 
discharge, right? Like we, we only put off large energetic discharges when we're like activating certain parts of our body or brain. So like in extreme fight or flight scenarios, in life or death situations, in, in near death or actual death and then coming back scenarios in like birth scenario like when you're being born or when you're giving birth like those types of things tend to unlock those like extreme energy releases right you know things like um someone close to you passing away and you like feel it like you can sense it right those are extensions of what one might observe or call you know this advanced intuition or telepathy yeah, so I think like what um so it promotes that's what I mean. It's like the, it it's like reaches the limit of the limit of your perception. And beyond the limit of your perception, you have no ability to reckon any of that information. Right. So this is what I was saying is like the um what's it called? The um Um, I this. I have like this folder full of memes, but <laughs> um, so there's this kind of I like where it's like connecting with energy, and there's like a spectrum and like mixtures, right? Sure. That's the, the things that that you can explore is like energy as color, because that's an easy thing to understand like from an right. art perspective. That's why I keep going back to chakras and, and aura is because it's just like visual data. Yeah. Right. Have you ever looked at Karelian photography? No. It's like photography of spectrums of light that are not readily visible by the naked eye and then they're like transposed to frequencies that we can understand aka color bands yeah okay that can be some really powerful stuff to look into or something similar to that even though it, it may not be that specific thing um but it may be cool to do something with like, you know, visualization of energy through light. Um, and, and in a way that, you know, for example, uh, you do Karelian photography and then you ask someone, you know, a little survey or something like that and then ask them to like read the colors of someone's aura and see like compare the results you know or do some like it's like a not an experiment but in a way it's an experiment but an artistic inquiry more than anything is sort of like hmm, i wonder if like people actually can predict this thing like and i know you're dealing a lot with predictions and like um trying to create some format of like um error proof checking system which i think mm -hmm. is really cool um and it really takes like that the arbiter like the bookie you know 
um, in the end, you have to like figure out like who's adjusting that to like what end, right? Because ultimately, when you're betting on something, you're making a wager. Um, does that mean somebody's got something to lose as well? Maybe. So I don't know. Um, yeah, the uh, the whole idea of sort of the machine that can predict, I think, is not really. I don't know that it's not possible. I just don't think it's necessarily important that we have anything like that. <laughs> if that makes sense. Like, I'm just not sure it's important. Well, I mean, we just have to, I think that would be like, you know, just depends on some problems that could solve faster or some pro some, it would be good at some things. It would be good at bad at others. Right. It's like anything like it would have limits. So it just depends on what you pointed at. Um, that's what I think. Uh, like, it's like a filter, you know? It's not like, it selects. So it's not about everybody using it for everything all the time. Does that that's make sense? It's crazy to think about all the different ways that people have to predict. Like, I think that might be a cool place to start for your research or like, to do some more like, more like background justification would be, you know, what are the ways of foreseeing that we know of? And how, like, what's the most advanced way of foreseeing that we know of? And like, compare that to like some of the more traditional ones or like the lesser known ones or, you know what I mean? Like, I, like there are entire cultures based off the idea of like, you know, certain people in their culture being able to predict or having a penchant for being able to tell certain things. Like I had someone last night, like totally random talking to me about my hair and they were like, Oh, like you're going to have a daughter. <laughs> and I was like, what? And they were like, yeah, I don't, don't, don't ask me how I know that. I just like, based on what your hair is like looks like you're gonna have a daughter and i was like okay no, you like you can't that's not <laughs> i mean like i said there are entire cultures based off of the idea of eating psychedelics and predicting or for foreseeing one's own path and and or you know using like dreaming or other means to sort of foresee one's own path and those are all related to the topic that we're talking about and as silly as it sounds like some trippy hippie chick like may very well be able to tap into that energy channel mm -hmm. and through feeling the energy that's been pent up or stored you know for 20 years in my hair um, she was able to at that moment just like zip, like tap into the like future and see my child. You know what I mean? Like, um, who's to say that that's not a valid um, form until later when we can check it and like when I die and be like, yeah, Matt only had 
two kids and they were both boys or you know what I mean? <laughs> or like you know matt didn't have any kids at all right so, so it can be verified yeah so there's an endpoint it can be verified yeah just, okay so what I, I just want to propose a theory of collaboration i just want to hear your feedback okay yeah of course so my idea first of all is that Oh, it's because I'm, oh, so I'm narrowing in on this uh, fictional character, Joseph B-Boys, Dr. N, Captain Mason, the AKAs. Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to claim Chung-Ha Peter Lee is, I'm like, my real self is not telepathic, right? But I'm going to claim, what I'm going to claim is that my fictional self is telepathic. Okay. Yeah. That's why. So it's like when I'm, so like. The fiction when when I perform the fiction, the fiction has telepathy, but um, Peter is just like a normal dude. Does that make sense? It makes sense, but just on like kind of uh brings up the question that like is Peter actually telepathic Simulation. or is no, no, no. normal and then just acts telepathic? Or is he like actually like Peter Parker, where he's like actually super powered, regardless of what outfit he's wearing? Uh, <laughs> well, yeah. So that's another. I'm just so but for acts me, it's down, like plays it down a little bit. For me, you know? it's gonna be a hard cut. It's like the fiction is super powered, definitely. Like verifiably, tell the fiction is verifiably telepathic, right? But Peter. Is a normal person, but Peter can. In, you know, you ever see Shazam with Shaquille O'Neal? Uh, well, there's a superhero named Shazam. Um, who's another? Not not Shazam the genie movie with Shaq. No, no, not that. Okay, there's another. Okay, so there's this guy. Okay, yeah, yeah. So Peter Parker is super powered all the time, right? Regardless. Oh, that's that's. Kazam with, with Shaq. All right. Wait, Sorry. Wait. Yeah. So, anyways, there's this guy. Who's a hero that's like, they're like normal? Oh, like the Hulk, right? So, like, yeah. Bruce Banner only has super strength in Hulk mode, right? Mm hmm. We've established that. So, it's like that. It's like, Peter, like, when I'm in the fictional form, it's a totally different entity. It has powers that but actually just... what's cool is that when he's Bruce Banner, he has some pivotal moments when his non superpower like being a human came like oh that's convenient. He's a human right now and like it just works out so that like you know what I mean? I don't know. There was just these like moments of intersection where actually the the superpower became that he didn't have the superpower at the time. Um I can't provide like a specific okay. example, but I just have well, this, you know. Yeah, it's it's definitely like a switch, like in a circuit. It's one, like a hard one switch. thing that I don't know, or maybe you have, but that maybe you could do some development on, just from a game design perspective, is character flaws um, or our character flaws. You can work on character flaws because every hero has a fatal flaw or tragic flaw i think i think the you know what the flaw would be is like puns <laughs> or like you know like you can see into the future but one-fifth of the time it's completely wrong 
right? Oh yeah, yeah. There's a margin of error, right? Or like um, some like other like so usually on a superhero, it's actually indicated by some visual thing. So it'll be like a scar on their face or something like that, or like a limp, or like you know, one oh. arm is really huge and the other arm is limp or small or uh you know they have oh, oh you oh this is the thing oh, this is, it's just their head in a bubble oh, you know i don't know is, like give them a, a backstory you know yeah yeah so okay here's the story it's like just, or just their outfit you know got it indicates yeah. sort of okay so joseph b-boy is back from 21 22 he's a retired president in the future and now he's on yeah. vacation he's running for president his tragic flaw is the tragic flaw is that he suffers from time travel jet lag. So, like, sometimes he just, like, mixes up times and history. Like, nice. Just, so, he's, yeah. like, a little older. Like, yeah, yeah. So, sometimes, like, yeah, yeah. And then he just, like, mixes up cultural food and just doesn't know, like, how to phrase things correctly for a given time, 2022. So sometimes it's like things kind of like. All right, what's uh, Doctor? What's Doctor N's tragic flaw? Oh, it's uh, it's all the same. They all have time travel jet lag. Doctor, I think Doctor N's tragic flaw is that he's a bit lazy. <laughs> or um, what do you think about this? Oh, oh, he falls in love really easily. That's his tragic flaw. <coughs> Excuse me. Bless you. Bless you. Thank you. Yeah. Um, that's a good one. That's a classic uh, flaw. It's like King Solomon's flaw. Oh, really? Yeah. Um... Yeah, so, man, you make me want to get some chips. Okay, so, like, continuing on with the theory of telepathy. Um, okay, so Joseph B-Boy definitely has telepathy. That's what I'm going to say, a hard cut. Uh, well, does he have telepathy, or does he just have information from the future? A little bit of both. So, like, to him, they kind of overlap, you know? You can have telepathy with information from the future, or also like telepathy with energy. Um, so, so he's in twenty twenty two, and instead of having flashbacks, he has flash forwards. Yeah, yeah. Well, his yeah, exactly. His flashback to the future. You know, he's like, oh, oh, we should move. Yeah, like, yeah. I remember giant this the shits on the table where they were sitting, and they're like, "Oh, yeah, I'm yeah. really glad you told us to move." Yeah. <laughs> um. Flashbacks to the future from the future. Flash forwards. Flash forwards from the future. And um, telepathy with energy and information. Um, I'm talking about that life. 
Um, okay. Um, another thing to look at. Yeah. Like nature and animals, and we are included in those categories, have a way of warning us. Okay. And I think telepathy in some ways is also our ability to negotiate and filter those messages that nature are giving us. That okay. nature is giving us. Like intuition? Synthesize intuition? Yeah. Okay. Not just intuition. Synthesizing intuition with scientific fact and observation. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's this guy named like Animal Man in D.C. Kind of had that power. I like that. He can like, he has a bit of telepathy with nature. I also think also machines. And I think, I think also like well, machines be- are natural. You got to exactly. understand that like, but beneath every machine is a piece of iron that was brought out and a piece of sand that's in the microchip and yeah. a piece of, you know, metal to hold it all together, precious metals to connect it and conduct electricity. And, um, you know, natural resources to create the electricity that the machine runs off of. I like that. Um, Okay. So this is is the theory of Joseph B. Boy's telepathy. Um, So what telepathy, he, he understands his telepathy with various things as he's always constructing a dragon And it's it's made of all these various bits like information technology, nature, stuff, information for the future, uh, past. He's drawing everything in the universe, but he's shaping them into dragons, um, or they're shaping they're shaping themselves through him. They're summoning the dragons are summoning themselves through him to fight entropy. So he's creating he's constantly creating dragons against entropy. Interesting. I just came up with the Latin phrase. Machina ex natura. It's like machine machine from nature. That's pretty cool. Machina ex natura. I think it's machina. Machina ex natura. Yeah. Yeah, machine from nature. That's amazing. So it's like, okay, the dragons. The dragons can be like mechanical, natural, hybrid, you know? Like yeah. Past, present, they're, super, they're super part, They're part robot, part yeah. reptilian, part stone, part moth. You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. Part feather. They're like all these different mashups, like a uh, chimera. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Chimera. Chimera. Yeah. And, um, sick. So, like, that's amazing. 
And then um, they can have various... So the dragons themselves have, depending on the parts, they have various characteristics and powers. Like they can be... They, once they're assembled, they're like autonomous. How about there's like a dragon realm that you can access from anywhere? That's like where they raise them. Oh my god! Yeah, secret. That's amazing. Like, okay, so I'm gonna name. It's its it's own energy. It's its own planet. It's it's got its own leaders and like rules and and systems and stuff. And we sort of like have this like time jumping almost almost bandit in their world like we go and we steal <laughs> huh but it's not like stealing it's like actually we're the ones who've been raising them this whole time they just have this perception that they're an autonomous dragon world oh you know what i think okay so this is what i would say is like truman, truman show shit yeah so what so what I would say is then, like, I would call it the realm of the adjacent possible. Yeah, exactly. And then, but in the adjacent possible, the thing is, like, type of entity entity there. And there's other types oh, of yeah. entities. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Adjacent caricatures. Yeah. Um, like there could be like a garden of alien flora there. Or like, yeah, I was just going to say ants. Ants. Yeah, totally. Ants. Hell yeah. Just like it's fucking. ants versus fucking dragon. Me- mecha AI. Yeah. Realm and they're all just like. And they like have know... like a fucking battle all the time. Like they don't know. They're not sure why. We invented the ants to like train the dragons or something. I don't know. You could come up with a big good spin on it. No, that's amazing. And also, you know, like this is where we could, um remember when we we're talking about the cafe at the end of to the To give world? them something to do. Yeah, yeah. So all these like fictional things could live there. We made a war just to so that they would beat boredom. <laughs> and be on their toes when, when we come to activate them. Yeah. Huh. Dude, I love that. So it's like So they're constantly going and like blazing down the forests and like having these like root root bound foes. Yeah. And you you know what could be, could be cool is like the realm the that like realm mega flora would be really cool because you can have um, carnivorous megaflora that are like even more vicious than a dragon, but they're <laughs> yeah. like, but they're rooted. Enemies you know I mean? could be a plant. but they're That's rooted. So and, like cool. so, a dragon will just be like walking along like randomly, and then all of a sudden, like like a deer on a trail would be hunted. Like all of a sudden, it's just like zoom, and it's like gone. <laughs> um, That's you know, awesome. the plant like farts. And then, I, the yeah. Hmm. Yo. Yo, it works. Amazing. Uh, <laughs> let me see. Can I put this on speakerphone, though? Uh, I'm on speakerphone.
Ah, you're a little bit louder. Okay. Let me see. Throw in some uh, headphones. Give me a second. We need our intro music now, right, too? The things we say you gotta listen to. Amazing post. Um, okay. Nice. Welcome to the Amazing Post. Uh, recording from Mid Atlantic. Uh, this is Dr. Ed with EO. What's your name today? EO. EO. Gotcha. EO. 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 <laughs> and you pronounce that EO? EO. <laughs> okay. Got it. Uh, what's good, EO? What's going on? Hmm. I saw your thing about the updated gravestone. That oh, yeah. What do you to... think? What do you think? I like it. It's hilarious, isn't it? Yeah, because it's what's really funny is because I had a very similar idea this morning about like art placards. Like, yeah, yeah, this is why I was giving out the, awards. The, the name of the piece can change, the description can change, <laughs> yeah. and the and the price can change in real time with markets. Yeah, that makes a lot more and, sense and, to me. And fluctuate. That makes a lot more sense to me. I was just like... I'm going to do that on my catalog for my show. Dude, let's, let's just it, like, make it a fluctuating thing. Fluctuating so that it's like priced, and then it shows it in like how many Ethereum and Bitcoin and this and that. Like you can like see it in multiple different yeah. currencies i think like i think everything should be like that you know i was just thinking i was like you know be so funny is like if like imagine like in 2100 year 2100 um like if the paintings are like networked to like a like a large massive data you know like all paintings are kind of hooked into data you know well, it doesn't have to be a large, massive data. It's like it's, it's, it's connected to the internet and it has instructions. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And right. it's like evaluating. Yeah. Like it makes a lot of fucking sense to me. Yeah. It's like a smart frame, but like, yeah, actual art rather than just like shitty people's photos. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, I mean, I thought it was funny on the gravestone because I was like, I would love this if I knew, like, every day I woke up and I was like, oh, I'm doing good. <laughs> you know, like kicking ass <laughs> well yeah i think like i think i like the idea of like next gen gravestones <laughs> yeah you know you know and it, you know it'd be it'd be very popular in certain cultures like in mexico and in other cultures where yeah. they have like a huge reverence for the dead and they yeah, like, build these yeah. huge mausoleums and stuff yeah i bet you they already have a lot of those things where they have like the person talking and things like that and like yeah, yeah you know what i mean like you walk in like at the same time i think in a lot of ways like in in artwork and in like social works and things like that it's like the good deeds that you do are that updated gravestone that keep a, a record of those things like you yeah know, in a way yeah yeah I, I think people would like it you know if they knew you know, like, like, what? How am I doing? You know, like, when I die, like, what's good? Well, it'd be really good to to honor certain people who are already dead with that sort of um, totally, yeah, sort of data. It'd be a cool art campaign to like 
target certain people who are like really really cool and like maybe yeah. don't get enough credit yeah yeah um and, and then it, it... like like show the quantitative analysis of their impacts um, yeah uh, like side by side with other things or you yeah, know, yeah. Like, you know the average person does this this and this this person did this much you know what i mean it's like you know like showing <laughs> showing off like some cool yeah. things i like the idea you know um it's yeah it's I... a cool it's a cool way to sort of uh lean on you know people's obsession with death as well because yeah it, it, people are totally fucking obsessed with like dying and death and stuff in our culture yeah it's so and it's like so funny you know it's like self-deprecating also it's not like you're gonna get you know it, i thought it was funny because it's like because obviously you're you're like confronted like i'm gonna die so it, it doesn't really matter you know <laughs> but at the same time you're confronted with this score or you're gonna be dead anyway so it doesn't matter well so yeah, it's like, I, I don't know. It's funny. My mentor always, and my mentor passed away, so it's like, you know, yeah. kind of come to fruition. His words, he said, like, he was a Buddhist, and his his religion was basically to practice death. Well, yeah, that's a, that's a lot of... So lot that of... when it came that he, like, had no desire or suffering left in him, and he was, like, ready to, like, move. Yeah, yeah, that makes yeah. a lot of sense. You know, a lot of, because um, I went to a Buddhist temple last year recently, and then, like, they had, I was, like, astonished because they had this structure, like, this tiers of saints, or, like, Buddhahood. There's, yeah. like, one to five. And I was, like, oh. And then, like, people donated, and I was, I was, like, oh, wait, wait, like, you guys, like, separate who's more, like, Buddha than others? And they're, like, yeah. <laughs> you know what was really cool was, like, the fifth tier, the final tier, they also put Jesus and like, other people you know like other holy figures i was like whoa so yeah. it's just like it's like yeah, an ability i was like oh, yeah, yeah it's like christ consciousness is also you know yeah given to a lot of um prophets as well like muhammad and so on like we're all sort of not you know said in a way they're prophets you know they're they're god's chosen speakers they're god's chosen people and children you know so it's like an interesting um, take on things, for sure. When when Buddha's not not a deity, that's the one thing that you have to understand. It's like not sure. deities. It's not a god, right? It's right, a right. saint, right? So it's bodhisattvas yeah. and and so on and so forth. And those are um, considered like different, like demons and different things like that as well, right? Yeah, yeah, and no, no, I was just I was, exactly because, like, I was like, because, yeah, because you'll like this, like, the quantum nature of it's actually like left and right of center are polar opposites of light and dark of the same character, right? Right, so, exactly. Like, there's like five totally. levels, but there's five levels up and five levels down, essentially. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, um, that are reflecting of one another in different uh, polarities. It's not like, totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's kind of cool. No, yeah. no, it's super cool. There, I, was, I some, was, oh, there was something like dualism, dualism. Yeah. People's obsession with dualism. So 
like I think there's something to that when we were talking about politics and stuff like that and we got into like talking mm. about like language and how language sets things up to be like other just like by the way you say something oh yeah yeah um, what was what? that uh i don't oh yeah i was i mean i think i was talking about misinterpretation like usually it's like one-sided but you're talking about dualism but you know what i was thinking about was like um i was reading another philosopher saying that like dualism is only is only useful and i was always uh reading this this way because like if you start from a non-dual perspective right you like say it's like um if i say like red sucks right um then from a non-dual perspective i have to infer like i have to kind of project another balancing perspective you know like uh if red sucks then blue is good or something or something you know some type of counterbalance like i have to make it up does that make sense? Yeah, well, what you're saying is that within the statement, there are implications. And yes, the implications exactly. often have an impact of creating a direct polarity or right. important um, implications have a way of revealing truths that you didn't mean to say that you're actually saying subconsciously in my opinion like for yeah. example like when somebody generalizes something yeah um it means they're a racist motherfucker <laughs> but <laughs> they're just generalizing right yeah yeah that, they that's, don't, they're that's not all... necessarily saying yeah. something racist but they're fucking implying something or, right or i mean like yeah so like no i totally agree so like or it could be construed that way i totally agree so like this is what i think is interesting is no, like, no no like yeah. let me just call it out how i see it though like for example i heard something the other day and this is just like you know some youtube video that i was watching or something it's a bunch of good old boys at a park walking around da, da, da. It's not, they're not doing anything in particular but then one goes like are they even speaking english and it was like, <laughs> it was like, what are you saying here? Like, and, and, and you know, and it, and it just, I switched it off and I just like, yeah, these are people that I know in real life. And I, I just, I'm just like, all right, you know, yeah, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. No, I, I there's agree. a lot, there's a lot in language. I've been thinking about that conversation. We had a lot. It's like, um, when somebody makes an endorsement. Yeah. Um, and it's a lot like, you know, it was, it's a lot like showing care to something. Because okay. when you show care to something, you neglect something else. When you make an endorsement, you imply that you are against the other. Uh, oh, well, this is, this, okay, so this is interesting, right? Like, this is what I mean. Like, let's imagine there's one interpretation. Like, if I endorse, I'm like, I endorse Peter. Then it's like, somebody's like, wait, but you're not going to endorse Matt. So you're putting Matt down. And then well, I'm like, like, let's just make this like three ways. All right. So it's like Peter, Matt, and uh, Hesta. Jane. All right. Okay. And so Peter, like, Matt, and Jane. Peter, yeah. Matt, and Jane. It's like, so like, 
Jane, uh, Peter, and Matt. So, like, all right. So, if you have to like endorse one of the other people, yeah, but not the other, right? Well, like, I think that's okay. So, this is the this is where it's this is where philosophy is necessary because it's like because with philosophy you could just like slice finer it's like having a sharper knife you know so it's like if i endorse jane right okay so one interpretation would be like we can imply that peter and matt suck you know or you know peter and matt there's something bad about peter and matt because jane was picked selected uh there's actually another perspective where it's just like no jane was selected <laughs> you know and then and then it's like we can't make this inferral you know we can't we have to make a bridge of logic uh to to infer that peter and matt are in a category of badness or whatever you know uh because there's nothing stated there was nothing like peter and matt are bad because they show up late all the time or like they they suck at their job you know what i mean um so it's like the second interpretation would be like we need more evidence to to jump to the second statement, you know, that Peter and Matt are bad. We can accept the first statement that Jane is good, but it doesn't mean that Peter and Matt are bad. Does that make sense? Well, with, within our social hierarchical cognitive awareness, we have to rank things. Like we are like sure. Well, we have to select things of, of <laughs> primates, and there are three primates: Jane, Matt, and Peter. Okay. And one of them has to be the leader of the pack. Whether we like our whether our personalities are like you know all that way or not, it doesn't really matter. We're we're programmed as humans. To have like a pack and to have one leader of that pack. There are very few examples of animals that don't have a leader in a pack. Well, I, no, there's like kind of plants are they have complementary um, relations. Uh, there's a lot of well, plants aren't animals, so that's <laughs> have you seen. Have you Definitely. seen the jellyfish, the Portuguese man of war? It's like three animals stuck together. <laughs> it's just literally like slapped together. Uh, it's a squad. It's like a squadable. Squadable. Yeah, I've been stung by one of those jellyfish when I was in the Bahamas. Oh, really? Yeah, it was horrible. Sucks. I was only um, five years old. I think there's also, like, yeah, so, I, I mean, like, I'm pretty sure there's also, like, there's also instances, yeah, there's definitely instances of, like, animals engaging in aid, even across species and tool usage. So, like, I totally think. Um, I'm just saying, like, in terms of, like, we look up to leaders in our current society. We have, like, what? celebrities, I... we have, like, 
social media people that we look up to. We have like okay, news so I, people I, that we like trust to like give us information. We have like so I would break stuff that okay. we like, make up, right? And so like, I would say I would say this that the okay, first of all, that there's a model where of social kind of um, interactions where people look up. I th- I would not. I would not so deny all that. I'm saying is if you put Matt, Jane, and Peter in a room and you say, right. you know, you have to endorse one of your other people but not the other. Right. And each of us have to make an endorsement of the other. Okay. Infinite, it's an infinite dilemma, Luke, isn't it? Well, no, no, this, no, no. This is what I'm saying. It's like it's an infinite dilemma within a specific model of social interpretation. Within that model. Within that model, yeah. And it's like, yeah, it's true within that model. Like, I wouldn't argue within that model. That's true. I wouldn't argue that. And so, you know, that model is just a good model for, like, basically any given social situation you may find yourself in with a few other artists, right? That feeling, I think, is put on us regardless of whether we're competitive with one another, whether we feel like ranking ourselves with one another you know and social media adds so much pressure to that and like online in general it's like if you have to make art and be a personality and keep that up as well like that becomes its own taxing work form and its own uh thing i think that puts a lot of pressure to measure yourself especially you know given like how it quantitatively rewards people oh yeah yeah so, you know? so i mean like, like okay yeah so likes, we can just how many followers, we, yeah this, okay that, so let's blah, just buy engagement i totally agree with you yeah etc yeah so I, I i like what you're saying because we're critiquing a certain model right it's like this, i agree that model sucks <laughs> No, you're totally right. Seeing more and more of recently is like advertisements, but it's advertisements for like just people's posts. Like, like it's an ad for like Joe's like new food picture or something. Like it's literally just like somebody random's post. It's not a business. It's like a sponsored ad for somebody's shit. Mm hmm. Yeah. Um, blows my mind, dude. It blows my mind. It's, it's going to all be pay to play very, very soon. Like with the metaverse, and Web3, etc. Like, oh, how many characters did you type? All right, cool. That's, that's smart. You know, and if you're not like in it, uh, you're not in it. Yeah. No, I mean, like, I think like... Uh... Yeah, so th- this is like this is interesting because like let's talk about this model. This model sucks. I agree. Um, but remember, so then we had an interesting conversation a couple of days ago where we're like, well, you know, we're talking about a public civic internet infrastructure or something, right? Like you're starting to talk about like what would it be a model that doesn't suck? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and um, yeah, I think that's like that's an awesome thing. Yeah, I agree. Because it's like, as soon as we say, like, this model sucks, like, I think yeah. about another model. I was just checking to see if I could mute my microphone. It turns out it looks like I can. No problem. Great. So All if right. I want to say, fuck.
<laughs> I wonder if I can put on background music. No, I don't think I can. <laughs> there you go. Work? Yeah, totally works. Um, All right, cool. I was. Let me ask you a random question on music. Do, yeah. do you like Canada and D by any chance? Canada Dry Ginger Ale. <laughs> yes, and the pop the the first Amazing by... Post episode is brought to you by Canada Dry Ginger Ale and Heinz Ketchup. Whoa, you have a great radio voice. Thanks. Can you, like do a, do an advertisement for something that doesn't exist. Make something that doesn't exist, and then I'll advertise it for. Uh, okay, give me a second. Give me a second. Okay, it's gonna be. Take take your time. I I gotta okay. uh, do something really. Okay, no problem. Um, like maybe three ideas. Okay, okay. Give me a second. Uh, nightwear. Okay, really comfortable nightwear. Um. Oh, Do, okay. So is this like, let me ask you this. Is like, is there such thing as like just having your butt massaged, but like totally platonically, like it just like the muscles being, you know, like you have a back massage, but like a butt massage, but it's not like, it's not a sexual thing. It's called a massage. It's just, it's, oh, yes, they do massage your butt, right? Okay. If you tell them, I I am having a lot of pain throughout my entire. Oh really? Back wait wait, but it. And they're comfortable <laughs> with it. Like I I've actually had like surprisingly, my last massage quote unquote therapist or whatever. Yeah. Wasn't comfortable touching my butt. Well, this is what and, I mean because actually, it's like I'll tell you why. The, it's because because it's like they have. You know certain professional boundaries and metrics. Exactly. That yeah, they want to maintain. Sure. Especially, well, I don't want to say anything, but like, yeah. So it's like, anyways. So like, the the a true massage therapist will be totally comfortable with you being fully naked underneath the towel on right. on a bed. Or whatever yeah. on the on the um, yeah, massage yeah. table, and yeah, yeah. they they will massage you like where you need to be massaged. Like yeah, this is what I mean. I feel massage like massage your erogenous zones. Exactly, this is what I mean because it's massage, like massage like your glutes, you know, yeah, and your hamstrings and your thighs, exactly like right because you get your glutes. Glutes <clears throat> massage is amazing. You know, like I love getting massage in the back of my legs. You know? And and honestly, in some cultures, it is not uncommon to have the private parts massaged you know like this is also what i was thinking like, just like tantric, because tantric it's like they're just massage. like muscles and tissues massage is sexual tantric massage right is right like, right that's what i mean it's like you could have a body like inside and out basically. yeah like no no but what but this is what i mean it's like you can have a <laughs> you can have a massage that's non-sexual but it's just covering your all your parts you know what i mean it's like like it's well, just a functional massage. What's wrong with it being sexual? Is I guess my question. Well, I mean, I'm just saying it's a different category. You have such you know, a stigma on on sexuality in this. I'm not. A, I'm not against. I'm just like it's just coming out as a philosopher. People I think love it's... 
People are here I don't, because of love. People are here because of sex. I understand people. Spend, like, I have no problem time, against like, it. Oh, don't look at that. Don't don't show this. Don't show this. Oh, I don't okay, okay, okay. fucking do that. Okay, okay. So, okay, like, so. No, no, I just think it's funny. It's like a non-sexual butt... It's more of like a philosophical joke. That's why I thought it was funny. Okay, non-sexual butt massage advertisement. And then... Um, okay, so let's think about something... Yeah, well, you, you I know, guess just put it out there in the in the universe there. Like, maybe we could start a podcast or something. You can just talk about it casually. Yeah, yeah. So okay, but... How, wait, like, how, oh, yeah. yeah. Wait, wait. How, butt massage no. group. Like, you can totally join. But you know what would be funny is like... Okay, this is what I and an advertisement for the sexiest, sexiest conceptual art. It's like it's not like it's not like nudity. It's just like a concept that is sexy. I need an advertisement for concept that is sexy. It's like so good that it's sexy. Yeah, I mean. I think you're Art. setting yourself up to get like trolled pretty hard, but <laughs> I'm cool with that. I'm totally cool with that. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I guess you know, sexy is so subjective nowadays. You okay. know, if I say something is sexy, I come across as misogynistic and creepy. Right. Even if it's like you know from my heart it's like loving and like you know just a human emotion and like i'm just being human like I, because i'm a straight guy if i say hey that's that's really sexy and it's not invited or like specifically like wanted mm-hmm. oh shit man, that's <laughs> terrible that's bad news yeah. i'm in trouble i'm actually in trouble if i say that so like i don't recommend going that route. okay sorry no it's like okay um yeah, so there's no really what's the word that like cute? No, not cute, but like attractive conceptual art. I don't know. I, I don't know what you want. What's your goal? Oh, it's just like it's just kind of um it's just like making fun of the idea that a concept could be attractive. I don't think a concept can be attractive because it's so boring by nature. Oh, concepts can be super attractive and sexy. Like it's in the way you present it, not in what necessarily the content is although the content and how you present it can and should oh my god i just had an amazing into, uh, i just know. had an amazing idea okay go ahead well it's like you know wait so how would you present tell okay dude if you have a book a profound enough idea it should be okay. published and presented in a book okay right? but what if it was like if okay, you now... have if you have a a document <laughs> that you need to present that's you know um more of like living people or like a community or a cultural thing usually video is the best way to go for that no um, wait, well what about this i like i like this idea of um like a mas- what if there was like a massage oil where there was like con somehow there's concepts in the oil I don't know. Well, there are there are those things. Really? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, definitely. I mean, um, most essential oil companies have some blends that are just like balance, or you know, uh, uh, tension relief or whatever. Like it's a oh, interesting. 
So it has like a certain label on it. Now it goes into like Dr. Emoto's Dr. Emoto's uh, consciousness for water crystallization what? stuff. Okay. Where he like, you know, wrote like, I love you and said thank you her and all of these things. Okay. And then he also had people like scream at water and like tell it they hated it and all of this stuff. <laughs> That's awesome. Dude, this then, is like genius conceptual art. Like, so he like I... he froze the water and then uh -huh. looked at the crystals under a microscope and the ones that they had like cursed that they were all deformed. Uh -huh. And the ones that they had like blessed and they said thank you and love and good intentions, it was perfect water crystals. Oh, that's amazing. It's yeah. beautiful. And wait, wait. this is like from the same sources and stuff. So like and wait, then wait. they found like so they he he like collected water from all over different water sources and then like yeah. did the same measurement where they froze it and looked at it under a microscope and he shows Wait. All of these different ways that water holds consciousness in its crystalline form. Bro, but this is what this is why people were doing blessings and stuff. This is the whole idea behind holy water, isn't it? It's yeah. Like, well, think you about transform your, it with a concept. Think about your body as that vessel of water. You know, you're oh a God. vessel of water. Right. And, and then this is dude, this is why we say like or this is why they have like grace and stuff, because you like transmute the material by uttering your concept. Like communion, all this stuff. It's like, it's a con it's a material paired with a concept. It's genius. Nope. I don't know. Hello? You might be muted. Can't hear you. Well... Huh?